this quarter, we've been talking a lot lately about talking. So most of the things we've been studying within our series of Let's Talk has been um, kind of like how not to speak. So we have learned throughout this quarter about not cursing others with our mouths or in our heads. We have learned not to hurt others with our words or slander or gossip. And we have learned not to put down ourselves with words. And we have learned how not to handle conflict. But today, I actually want to talk about not what not to do, but how to actually speak life. So my title for tonight is called Speak Life. And what I see from our culture these days is that we are really good at speaking death. And what I mean by speaking death is, aren't we really good as a culture at tearing others down and tearing ourselves down? And aren't we good at um, kind of tearing down each other in politics or maybe tearing down our country or our world or how people do things? And the words that we often hear and see these days are pretty heavy and harsh. And they don't bring us life. They actually um, really bring us more like sadness and depression. And we feel inadequate or confused or angry and frustrated and hopeless. But does anyone like actually want to feel that way when they like hear words all the time? Not really. I don't think we really want to feel terrible all the time when we're like reading the news or listening to people. So are we meant to use our words for a better cause than what we've been doing already? So what do I mean by speak life, by my title? So one of my favorite images that Christ uses to describe the church or his followers is that we are the light of the world. And as the light of the world, we are to bring brightness and hope and joy into people's lives. And even when Jesus was born, the angels uh, said to the shepherds nearby, this is Luke 2, verse 10, it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So, what are words that speak life to us? What are words that you have heard from others that have felt like light in times of darkness? And maybe it's been times when people have, like, really encouraged you, like a friend encouraging you, or maybe a compliment someone has given you on a super hard day, or the reassuring words of I love you from a family member or a significant other. So what I imagine when words of life are spoken to us is like a plant in sunlight. So has anyone ever gardened before? A couple, even for like science projects, any like gardening for science projects? Yeah, I remember that when I was younger. So I've been dabbling in gardening, gardening. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> I've been dabbling in gardening a little. And about three-ish years ago, I saw on Pinterest that you could grow a lemon plant from the seeds of a lemon from a store. And so I thought, well, if you could do that with a lemon, why not with one of these? So one of these little tiny oranges. 
like around Christmas time. Yeah, a cutie. Yeah. So I decided about three years ago to, um, to actually pull out the seeds from those and see if they would actually like germinate or actually grow. And there's about 15 different seeds I had in a windowsill um, with, they were just like mostly in this really bright window in my old house. And it had sunlight almost all day long. And eventually, they actually started to grow. And I was actually a little surprised, to be honest. Um, But I actually have two orange plants now, or orange trees. And um, I really did not think they would ever get as big as they are right now. Um, So I actually have a picture that I took yesterday of my orange plants. And if you see, like, at the very bottom, that's this orange right here that I just had underneath it. It's like, it's at the bottom of the planter. But it's like three and a half feet tall, four feet tall. It's pretty tall. Um, But what I noticed for the orange trees to actually grow, they needed a lot of water, actually not a lot of water, they needed a lot of sunlight, like a lot, or else they just like died immediately unless they were in sun all the time. And so what I want to have for you guys as an image is that like plants need sunlight to grow and to flourish. And so our words, just like sunlight, what we speak to others can help them grow and flourish as well. And our, our words can really feel like rays of light into other people's lives when there's a lot of darkness in their life. Or our words could be death really tearing at the roots of other people until they feel lost or frustrated or confused. So what are your words mostly doing lately? Today, I want us to learn um, about really helping people to grow by speaking life into them instead of speaking death. Because I think our culture really, like, has taught us really well about how to speak death. So how can we instead speak words of life to help others grow and bring them into real and true life? So we're going to look into scripture now. So Bible passers, um, if there's any of you guys out there, um, if there's anyone that needs a Bible, please raise your hand and they'll get you a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible and would like to keep it, please feel free. They are free. That is fine. But... um, For those of you who have Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 4, and we're going to start in verse 22 and go all the way until 5, chapter 5, verse 2. So Ephesians 4, 22, starting there. So it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He 
who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that we may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So I really love that in this passage, it says that God makes us into new creatures. And that is really where these verses start, and we are called to put off our old self. And the self mentioned here, that is being corrupted by worldly desires. The old self that steals is bitter, angry, slanders, and full of malice. And as those of us who, like, say we believe and follow God, God calls us to have a new self, to look like him. And a lot of this passage is about how to put on the new self. And a lot of the new self is about speech in this passage, how we talk. And so how do we become new in how we speak? And how do we learn to speak life into others? So there are three ways that I immediately saw from these verses, and we're going to just hash those out. So the first one is speak truth. So to speak life means to speak truth. Verse 25 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So did you know that God puts a lot of emphasis on speaking truthfully? In fact, before I really believed in God and was still figuring out like what the Bible said about God and everything, one of the first things I learned in youth group was the Ten Commandments from the Old Testament. And did you know that one of the Ten Commandments is basically, do not lie? It's number nine, and it says, do not bear false witness. So from the very beginning of God's relationship with humans, he knew we have a tendency to want to lie, to stretch the truth. So, let's be real, we struggle with being truthful. And even little kids are really good at lying. It, like, comes naturally. And I actually have a video of a little girl lying to her mom for you guys to watch. It's super cute. It's really short, but it's cute. So go ahead and play that, guys. You want to pop? Hey, Brindley, did you get into the Nutella? No. You didn't? Really? No. Promise? No. Brindley, did you get into the Nutella? No. 
<laughs> really? No. Well, what did you do? I just washed the dishes. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yep, that's really it. You hear what she said? She was washing the dishes. Don't you guys normally get chocolate all over your face when you're washing the dishes? Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I love little kids. They're so cute. Um, but I really wanted to show you guys that because even when we are super young, we are good. Well, maybe she's not good at lying. <laughs> but um, she's really good at not being truthful. And so... And same with us, like it just starts super young, like this ability to like not really tell the truth. So why do you think that is? And I think maybe as children, we learn to lie probably just to get out of trouble most times. But um, today, we would rather lie than do a lot of things. We would rather lie than ruin our reputation or lie just so we don't have to feel uncomfortable, or we would rather lie so we don't make others feel uncomfortable. But I think God is pretty straightforward in this area of our lives. He tells us, do not lie. And in this passage, it says to put off falsehood and to speak truthfully. And I think there are two ways that we can learn to be more truthful. So the first one is to be truthful about who we are. And I think in times, like if I think about the times that I have lied or maybe you guys have lied or maybe stretched the truth, what are the things that you have done? So maybe you exaggerate how bad something was, ugh, how bad something was to get empathy from others. Or maybe you exaggerate your grade point average to look a little better. Or maybe even make up an excuse for why you were late on a homework assignment when really you might have just watched too many Netflix shows. Or um, you, this is typical of me, um, you tell others you are trying to eat healthier and um, you might eat a healthy breakfast and a healthy lunch and a healthy dinner, but then you go home and you eat an entire cake when you get home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we really like to be admired and we want to be loved. And so we kind of exaggerate things or we stretch the truth or we just plain lie about some things. But... Is it really loving to misrepresent yourself and smooth over your flaws just for a friend or maybe a future spouse to find out what you are really like later? And honestly, when I lie or exaggerate about myself, I feel even more insecure and terrible about who I am. I am constantly worried someone will, someone will actually find out what I said about myself isn't true, or that someone will find out about my flaws and stop liking me, or maybe even stop loving me. So what are lies you are telling people, or truths you are not telling, 
what is keeping you in a prison instead of being who you really are and growing into who you need to be? So the second thing that I think we need to grow in to be speaking truth is to be truth tellers to other people. And I have a small story about this one. It's about a friend of mine from high school, and he was actually really cool. Like, I don't know why he was my friend, but um, <laughs> he was always dressed, like, super nicely, like, always in the most recent trends. And he put a fair amount of effort into his appearance, but he was also colorblind. So one day, he went to Goodwill by himself, and he found this really awesome sweater. And the pattern was great, and it fit him perfectly, and he was, like, super excited when he got this sweater, and he wore it to school the next week. And as he was wearing this sweater, um, he got a lot of funny looks from people in the hallways. Um, and a lot of people kind of like smirking at him like something was wrong. <laughs> and he didn't really know what it was. Uh, so then he went into one of his classes, and a mutual friend of ours pulled him to the side before class started and was like, dude, the colors of that sweater are terrible. <laughs> And he was just completely shocked. He was like, oh, that's why people are looking at me funny. But, um, yeah, he had no idea that really this awesome sweater was incredibly pink. Like, not like good pink, but like multiple shades of hideous pink. It was like really bad. I mean, maybe the pattern was great, but, oh, the pink was just so bad. But... Literally, how would he have known? Like, he would not have known that the color of the sweater was so bad unless his friend had told him because he couldn't see it. He was colorblind. And so now to this day, he makes sure uh, that he doesn't buy clothing uh, unless his wife is there with him to tell him what color it is first. But um, <laughs> I told you this story, not just because it's, like, kind of funny, but because it's a really clear picture of why we need to be truth-tellers to others. Because oftentimes, when people need to hear the truth, it, it isn't often as simple as saying, like, dude, the colors of that sweater are terrible. Like, normally, when we have to be truth-tellers to others, it's kind of about harder things most oftentimes. But our friends can be blind to see that, like, the person they are dating is changing them for the worse. Or maybe when you see someone who's making really terrible life decisions that is leading them to a life of maybe alcoholism or maybe being completely broken. Or maybe we even see a friend making poor decisions that might lead them to having to drop out of school later. Really, we would need to be truth-tellers to those people in our lives because they can be blind sometimes to what their actions are actually doing to them. And I honestly don't like conflict. I would rather not approach someone and make them feel uncomfortable, and I would rather not feel uncomfortable myself. But 
if I don't say something to the people that I love, who will? And if we want to help others grow in life, if we want to save them from sin or from hurts we know will happen, wouldn't it be the most loving thing to just tell them the truth? And oftentimes, the most loving thing we can do for people is the hardest thing we can do. But don't we have enough deception in the world? Like enough confusion on if someone is being honest with us or not? And God really loves us to speak truth into other people's lives, even when it isn't the most fun thing to hear. Like I need to hear that I am a sinner, and I need to hear the hard truths from God's word so that I learn to grow. So what truths are you afraid to tell other people? And a last note on, like, speaking truth to other people is to remember to do so in love. And remember that if you don't already have a good relationship with someone, be careful about what truths you are telling others because I wouldn't listen to a stranger on the street who just like randomly shouted at me like you're living the wrong way I would be like you don't know my life like why are you talking to me (laughs) so I think it's important that we need to like be careful about telling truth to people you hardly know or even just trying to tell truth to people you haven't really spoken into their life in the good times Because we must first have friendship and relationship with people before they trust us. Just as we wouldn't trust others unless they weren't already a part of our lives. And if we weren't sure if they already loved us in the first place. So, the second thing that I got out of this scripture as far as how to speak life into people is to speak encouragement. And I like this one. To speak life means to speak encouragement. So we'll look at verse 29 in here. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So I'm going to repeat that. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. So... I want you and myself to take inventory. How much of what you say is unwholesome talk? Or maybe ask how much of what you say may speak death or hurt someone else? Or even how much of what you say is just fluff? And by fluff, I mean just talking for the sake of talking or telling your story or rambling. Because we like to talk about ourselves. But we rarely do what this Bible verse tells us to do. And it says in the second half of this verse, speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So that's humbling, isn't it? Because if I think about it, how much of what I say actually builds others up? How much of what I say actually benefits other people when they're listening to me? And this is something I think our culture is deeply missing. We are missing encouragement. 
Because within all the movies we watch or the Netflix shows or YouTube videos, how often do you hear people encouraging one another? And how much do you see people building someone up who is down? Or how much do you see people complimenting each other? Like, do you really see this on an everyday level? And I think our culture has a super hard time with being encouraging. And I think there are two reasons why. So two things that keep us from being encouraging. Judging rather than rejoicing is the first one. I think our culture really loves judging. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is look at like the popular television shows of like American Idol or The Voice. And yeah, you just like see that we love scrutinizing other people. But in all that scrutiny, we do not really rejoice in who people are, but instead tear them down. We nitpick and we say, oh, they could improve that way or in this way as well. But how often do we just look at someone and rejoice in exactly who they are? And then the second thing that keeps us from being encouraging is just keeping silent. And I think since being encouraging is not really something our culture teaches us to do much, a lot of the things we think that are nice about someone else just stays in our heads. Like when we deeply love one of our friends and who they are and their character, do we tell them that? Or when someone does something kind, do we thank them or encourage them by telling them that we noticed? Or even complimenting someone's talents or their skill in sports or how intelligent or wise they are, do we say those things? Because a huge part of speaking truth is telling others the truth about themselves in a good way. When I was suffering from depression several years ago, I needed to hear the truth from other people. I needed to hear that God loved me for who I was. And I needed to hear that I was beautiful the way that God made me. And I needed to hear that I was talented and that I had strengths because I had forgotten those things, and I couldn't see that in myself anymore. And how amazing is it that we can be encouraging truth-tellers to bring sunlight and joy into people's lives? That is so much better than having to just tell them the hard truths, isn't it? But yet, we have to open our mouths and remember to actually do this and go against our culture by learning to build others up. So how would you change if you heard more encouragement, more words that built you up and helped you grow? How would, like, would it, like, build confidence in you or maybe you would feel more loved or cared for? And how would the culture of our Chi Alpha group change if all of us were more encouraging to each other? Or how would our campus change? Or how would our culture or our world change? Because how God wants the world to look is very different than what it looks like right now. But I think doing some more encouraging and building one, one another up would significantly change this world to look more like what God intended. So then, the last thing that I think we really see from these verses um, to speak life is to 
is to speak forgiveness, compassion, and kindness. So last week, wasn't Melissa's message really great (laughs) about resolving conflict? Yeah, it was awesome. It was really good to hear Melissa speak again. Um, And Melissa, actually, during her talk, referenced the scripture that we're looking at tonight. Um, She referenced uh, the verses 31 and 32, which says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So let's start with this first idea. Like, how do you think, like, why do you think that God commands us to forgive others? We'll start with forgiving. Um, I think God knows our hearts way better than we know them, probably because he created us. Um, And I think he knows that when we are stuck in unforgiveness, it puts us in a prison and it puts our relationships in a prison. Because when I haven't been willing to forgive others, I have noticed that I get stuck in this super painful cycle of feeling bitter and angry, and I just want to tell everyone, like, how that person hurt me, which is not very healthy. Um, And I cling to something that makes me feel super entitled, but I lack joy and happiness. And I am in a prison of being consumed with myself at those times of unforgiveness. And I think this puts our relationships in a prison because we aren't able to see others at all for who they are because we are stuck on our own problems and we can't love others well. So I think God wants us to forgive specifically to free us, to free us to be joyful again and to free us to be present with people again. And oftentimes, I I think our culture kind of struggles with this um, because we aren't able to be present with one another. And when we aren't present with one another, we can't be kind or compassionate. Um, And I kind of talked about this in the Lost Art of Conversation class uh, about a week and a half ago. But I see myself struggling lately to be present with people because I'm kind of stuck on my own things. Like, not even just unforgiveness, but like I'm stuck thinking about myself, always like connected to my phone and it keeps me distracted, that I can't even see people for who they are anymore. And I think if we want to become kind and compassionate to other people, we have to be with them where they are right then. And we need to set aside our own lives and start being present with other people. So I want to read to you um, some verses from Romans, um, not the whole section, but it's Romans 12, kind of, verses 9 through 16. Um, It says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves and share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and live in harmony with one another. So aren't these words to truly live by? 
because what I really wanted to show you guys is the verses like rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I think if we want to be present with someone, we have to be like mourning and be present with them or rejoice and be present with them. If we want to be kind and compassionate, we just need to be with people with exactly where they are. And I encourage you and myself to like just get out of our own heads and be people who love others well. So do you have a friend who's going through family troubles? Just listen to them. And do you know someone who is struggling with depression? Just listen to them. Do you know someone who is struggling with their homework? Listen to them and maybe help them study. But I think we just really need to learn how to be people of action and people of kindness. For as Jesus says, we will be known as his disciples by how we love those around us. Would people look at me and see that I am like Christ? Or would they notice that I am his disciple by how I love others around me? Yeah. So I think in all of these things that we're learning, as far as like speaking truth into people's lives and speaking encouragement and being kind and compassionate, we really do have a great example in Jesus. So in learning to speak into people's lives and learning to be exactly who we were made to be, we really have an amazing God. Because our God, though he's infinite and amazing and eternal and powerful and so much more wonderful than we are, that God came to earth in the body of a man. And that is who Jesus is. He is God, and he, we could actually see physically like how he acted toward other people. And isn't that pretty amazing? Like We can not only like know that Jesus came to save us, but he became our great example of how we should live. And if ever you were wondering how you should live or how you should act or speak, remember we have Jesus as an example to know how we are meant to live. How many times in your college career have you asked yourself, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a pretty scary and looming question, especially for the seniors graduating soon. But the answer is simpler than we make it to be. We are meant to become who God made us to be. And we are made to be light and to be hope, and to be life speakers and life doers. And the end of this Ephesian section we've been looking at all night says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So tonight, to conclude, I encourage you, be imitators of Christ. And if you don't know what Christ is like, start reading the Bible. I mean, it's pretty helpful. 
Um, I mean, just read the books of Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, and you will actually see how Jesus lived his life here on earth and know exactly how we are to live. And Jesus is truly amazing. And he forgives us perfectly, he speaks to us perfectly, and he loves us perfectly. And I encourage you to learn how to be like him by speaking truth and speaking encouragement and speaking forgiveness, kindness, and compassion. So worship team, if you'd like to come up, um, the last thing I have really is just application questions of kind of how to process tonight. And the first one is um, to take inventory of what comes out of your mouth. Do you speak more life or death or just fluff? And the second and more important question is how can you improve at becoming a speaker of life? So I'm going to pray to close and then we'll start worshiping. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that um, you became a great example of how we're to live. I thank you that you speak life into us and that you call us to just be speakers of life and to live as you do. And I pray that as we really look into how we actually use our words, that we would really be honest with ourselves and learn how to just really be loving with how we speak and really just follow your example in all ways, Father. I pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.